come, 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 I stay, you go. Because what's going when came? How come you come, no call? How I gon' come when I stay coming already? Hey, when you stay gon' come, go check out. Next time I no come, I'm going. Okay, next time you gon' come, I stay, me I no go. But if you gon' stay coming, me I no stay, no stay, go. Of course, I'm not gon' stay, you stay gone. But me, if I stay coming and you stay gone, then when I stay going and you stay coming, what? Then who go come first place? In the first place, I gon' call, I stay coming. And if you gon' go, me I no gon' come. Cause when call for see if you gon' go, I already stay. Pardon me? Pardon me? <laughs> Let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you so much for today, Lord. Today is the Lord, the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so, Lord, we thank you for today. We ask that you would open up your scriptures to us, Lord, that you would open up the word of God to us, that we would be able to apply it to our lives when we leave. We thank you so much for today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So that was Rap Rapplinger's local argument number seven. And how many of you guys grew up with the uh, rap stuff, right? Rap's way is so funny, right? And I thought that was so hilarious. Just, we were talking about it with our uh, missions leadership team. And so many times we get confused. It, what is this whole thing about global? Global, local, are we supposed to stay? Are we supposed to go? And if that just that segment matched perfectly. You know, it's like we don't know if we're supposed to be coming or going or what. It's like... Pardon me? <laughs> and so we're, we're wondering, what are we, we're kind of confused. We're torn. Should I go to the ends of the earth to these mission trips that Pastor Mark, Pastor Max, and the team are talking about? Or should I stay at home? Is that doing missions? Does it count if it's here in Hawaii? I'm not sure. So today we're going to try to figure all of that stuff out. And uh, that's why we're doing two weeks specifically devoted to missions to global missions last week. And was it good last week? As we prayed in the different groups, remember? And praying for the different teams. And uh, this day, today, we're going to be concentrating on local missions. So we're going to be talking about getting real local, like rap. Okay? So last week, we talked a little bit about Matthew 28. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and bring your Bible out to Matthew 28. We're going to go through that a little bit in just a second. And we saw how Jesus commissioned us as his church, as his disciples, to go and make disciples of all nations. That's why we send out mission teams, right? Remember, all nations means all nations. And we took a look at all those people groups that don't know Jesus. They've never even heard of Jesus. And so that's why we go. There's a great need. We go to places like Japan, Alaska, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, and we're sending out teams. But we also saw in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, how it said Jesus was talking to his disciples. He said, it wasn't just across the globe that we're going to go and make disciples, but we'd be his witnesses right here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, as well as the ends of the earth. But remember, we ask that question, where is your Jerusalem? Your home? The people closest to you? Your, your Judea, Samaria? You know, the people you work with? Our na own nation? God wants to send us to? And so God wants us to be His witnesses all over the place, wherever we go. But today we're going to focus on going local and what can we do to make disciples 
right here in Hawaii, in our own homes, in your workplaces, and in our community. How can we be missionaries sent to our families, sent to our friends, sent to our co-workers? And hopefully by the end of today, you'll be so motivated. You're like, going to go back to work, going to go back to your family, your extended friends, and everybody here, right here in Hawaii, that you live, work, and play with. And you'll be so motivated to love them like Jesus loves them. Amen? So, uh, we're going to be looking at how God has called us to go global, but also how he's called us to go local. How to go global. Confused yet? Just like that segment. All right, so go back to Matthew chapter 28, start in verse 19. You have it there with your uh, Bible, but if not, it's right on the screen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So taking a closer look at verse 19. Go to verse 19. Specifically, look at the word go. Okay? In the Greek, the original language the New Testament was written in, the word there, go, that's not the main point of the passage or that verse. Okay, it's not the emphasis, imperative verb in the passage. An imperative verb is like a command. It's an action word. It's like a verb with an exclamation point at the end. And so usually readers will mistake the word go as being the imperative verb or command. So you'll say, you'll read it, Therefore, go. And a lot of times as we preach it, we'll say, you guys got to go, right? Let's all go somewhere. We got to go to the ends of the earth. And that's the command that we take and we a lot of times mistake. Well, that's not the main point of the passage. Taking a closer look, we're commanded to make disciples. So the imperative command is really not on the go, but on the next part. Make disciples. So if you could imagine putting a big exclamation point right after the word disciples, go, make disciples. That's what God is saying to us. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples and saying to us. But what about the word go? The word go is a participle, and it usually is like an adjective for the verb, and it usually has like a ing at the end of it. So... It's you, you can read it, therefore, as you go or as you are going, make disciples of all nations. Do you see how that changes the passage a little bit? As you're going. Jesus is saying, it's already implied that you're going to go. I don't need to dwell on that and command you to go. You're my disciple. You know that Jesus loves you so much. He's rescued you from your sin. He's given you a hope and a future and a purpose. So as you are going, wherever you go, what do you have to do? Make disciples. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Good job. So we're commanded by Jesus. We're commissioned by Jesus to make disciples, which means simply we're going to help people know him and grow in him. Look to your neighbor and say, know him and grow in him. Okay, 
That's what it means. Just helping people to simply meet Jesus and grow in their relationship, in their friendship with Jesus. And so I love seeing it when people are actually putting this into action. Don't you love it? When they're living it out and they say, that's the command Jesus gave me to go as I'm going, make disciples. For me, I love watching it in action. Uh, one person that I've just been really blessed to see is Ann Takata. And so Ann has uh, two children. There's her husband, Jimmy, they're up front. And uh, Ann's going to share a little bit of her testimony. Let's go ahead and welcome Ann Takata up here. <laughs> She's a little nervous, but she shouldn't be. <laughs> Thank you, Ann. So um, Ann is... Um, chiropractor, doctor chiropractor, and she uh, has her own business, and we blessed the business, we came and we had, had that opening, and she's just used the business for Jesus, loving on the people that come, and uh, she's invited, some of you are here today because uh, you've gotten to know Anne, she's invited you, and I was just so floored, actually I would like to learn what Anne does and how she does it, wouldn't you like to learn? Just to see. So let's go ahead and welcome Anne again. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Max. Um, can everyone hear me? Sorry, I'm very nervous. <laughs> I'm not used to speaking on stage. Okay. Um, hi. Good morning. My name is Anne. <laughs> and I am a holistic chiropractor. And uh, my practice is very small. It's, in fact, it's just me. <laughs> um, past sermons were taught to you know, bond and uh, spread the word of God with our coworkers, our managers, our bosses, and I look around at my office and it's just me. <laughs> so I can't really do that, so my practice is a little different. So I ask God, I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? He says, well, I want you to make your work, your ministry. So I thought about it, it's like, well, my practice is very different. Most chiropractors will work on a patient for about two to three minutes. I'm with my patients about 30 minutes. So for me, that's a lot of time that I can get to know my patients. So I view my practice as my ministry. <laughs> um, God uses me to heal people. I heal them physically, pain, problems that they have. I can heal them emotionally, and sometimes the healing comes spiritually. God just uses me as his vessel. So any healing abilities, any healing gifts that I receive is all from him. I want to share two examples of how God sees me. <laughs> okay, so Wednesday I'm working on a female patient and uh, I feel God nudge me. Share, share about me. I'm like working on her and I'm like, God, she's Japanese from Japan. Um, I don't think I can. I, you know, most Japanese that I know from Japan are Buddhist. I felt God nudge me again. No, share about me. So I'm like, okay, um, you know, what is your faith? What do you believe in? And she said, well, you know, um, I was actually raised in a Christian school. And I was like, wow, praise the Lord. Okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Woo, you know, so God nudged me again as I'm working on her. And he says, Easter service is coming up. Invite her. I'm like, well, I don't know. I, you know, it's my patient. She doesn't know me that well. It's kind of, kind of 
I'm not sure what the boundaries might be, you know, how she might view me after. But I felt him nudge me again, no, invite her. So I said, okay, we have Easter service coming up. Would you like to come? You know, bring your family. It's really, really awesome. Testimonies are awesome. And she said, yeah, I would like to. And sure enough, come Easter morning, her, her husband, and her son were there. And I was just so excited. So that's God's testimony of that family. Not only that, but a few months later, they all got baptized. And I was so elated. So, I was really sad because I wanted to be there. And um, I was on a flight to California. <laughs> so as the plane was taking off and I got a text message about it, I, was just, I just sat there praying to God and just praising him and thanking him that they were there and just that he would watch over them and bless them. One more example that I have is another patient that came here. Um, I was working on her, another female patient, and I noticed one day that she had a tattoo on her leg, and it was a scripture verse. I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. She must be Christian, but I wasn't sure. So again, God nudged me. God, talk to her, talk to her. So I'm like, okay, um, you know, do you have a, do you have a church? Do you, you know, where do you go? She's like, well, I'm military, so I don't have a home church. So I said, God's like, okay, you, you know, have her come. So I invited her, and uh, her, her husband, and her two kids did come one Sunday. And when they came, I was really excited, but then I was like, oh, um, how do I introduce them, you know? Because I know people are going to ask, oh, who are these people? So Pastor Max comes up to me, oh, hi, you know, I'm Pastor Max, who are they, you know? And I'm like, oh, these are my, my, my friends. <laughs> and the little one, her name is Kiana, she comes running up, she goes, Dr. Ann, Dr. Ann! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cover blown, okay, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> so they're like, yeah, this is my, my doctor. So I'm like, okay, these are my patients. And so um, Danielle and her family came, not only that, but... Um, few months later was Easter, same Easter. She came, she also brought Kendra and Jake, which is really, really amazing, and just a testimony to God, because Kendra's now, I think, in her third, third um, alpha course that she's helping out with. So through me, through having, you know, the boldness and the bravery to be able to invite people, it's been going on, it's been passed on. So I uh, just wanted to share that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. You weren't nervous at all. We couldn't tell. And I know they have to leave to a party, so no worries. Go ahead. That was awesome. You have earned it. You have earned the right to leave early. Nobody else here can leave early. All right? You want to do a testimony, you can leave. All right. Well, that wasn't that awesome. And to see uh, Danielle and her husband, Jake, they moved back to the mainland. And uh, Jake, he was really, you know, the Alpha Course was perfect for him. He had a lot of questions. He had a lot of disagreements with Christianity. And he got to voice it. People were listening, got loved on. And he went back. And he wasn't coming to church at all when he was living here. But when he went back just this past uh, Easter and also Christmas, he went to church and he's talking with his pastor, asking him some of those questions. And I know the Fong's, uh, Amy, you were in the, his small group and just to hear that must be like, yes. 
And so Anne is using her work as her worship, as her ministry. Amen? And, you know, still sometimes she's like, I shouldn't say it, God, like that I'm their doctor, but that's fine. Because whenever we go to a job and we have a certain role at the job, does it mean that we stop being a Christian? No, that's always our first calling and our highest priority. Amen? So that's a great example. Anne's a great example. And I want to be like Anne, right, who is like Jesus. And start inviting people. And may we pray that we would just catch what she has and say, yes, I'm just going to be bold and use my work as my worship. Well, the Lord has given us some tools. And if you have your Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 10. We're going to go through that a little bit right now. Luke chapter 10 outlines some principles that we can use, some practical application. And our church has been using this, these verses in Luke chapter 10 to help guide us how to do evangelism, how to make disciples for a number of years, both globally and right here at home, right here in our homes, right here in our workplaces, right here with our friends and family. I'll go ahead and start. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and don't greet anyone on the road. So God has called, Jesus has called those who know him to go, to be out there. And he says, don't take anything. You're going to feel like lambs among wolves. You're going to be scared. You're going to be intimidated. You're going to feel a little awkward. And how many of us feel like that when we go to our friends and our family and our workplaces, right? I think Anne still feels like, nobody does? Let's see. Come on, let's raise our hands. If you feel awkward, scared, a little bit intimidated, let's get really honest with ourselves. You know why? Because I do. When I'm out there, I feel so awkward sometimes. As a pastor, I'm like, oh no, I don't know. I don't want them to think I'm too Christian. I don't want them to think I'm a Christian weirdo, like a Jesus freak, right? And I think we can all feel like that at some times, right? So Jesus, isn't it comforting that he already knew that we would feel like lambs among wolves? Right? He knows that. So what did he say? He calls us. He says, this is what you do. When you enter a house, verse 5, first say, peace to this house. Look at your neighbor and say, peace. Okay? Was that easy or what? Peace to this house. Okay? You spoke peace to your neighbor. All right? I want you to just pray. Take one second, two seconds, and pray for peace for your neighbor's life right now, who you're sitting next to. Just pray for them. Okay? That took two seconds. That was super easy, right? When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. Speak peace. You can write that in your notes. How do you be, want to be somebody who's going local? Not L-O-C-O, L-O-C-A-L. Number one, speak peace. In other words, pray for peace. Pray for people that you are working with. Pray for my cousin Robin, Matt, as you work at her restaurant. Pray 
for people at the hospital, Julio, right? Go ahead and pray for your coworkers, your boss, your patients. Pray for your family members, peace, right? And we all know that a lot of our friends, families, coworkers, etc., need peace. This world has a deficiency in peace, right? Everybody seems to be going a little bit crazy because so stressed, so many financial problems, right? Drug and alcohol, emotional problems. And most of all, they don't have peace because they're not, they don't know who Jesus is, the Prince of Peace. They don't have that peace knowing that if they were to expire, die today, where they would end up for eternity. A lot of times we take that for granted, like everybody else just has this peace. But remember, before you maybe were walking with the Lord, did you have peace? And God wants to give the world His peace. And guess who He's going to bring His peace through? You, as you pray for them, as you love them. Number two, you can write in your notes, fellowship. First step was to speak peace. Second is to fellowship. When you enter a town, Jesus said, and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. This is the second time already that Jesus has said in these verses, just eat whatever they give you. Just hang out and eat. And that's what fellowship is basically, just hanging out. Is it easy to hang out with somebody and eat? Yeah. Isn't, isn't this better than Jesus saying you've got to memorize the first five books of the law? And then you'll be good. What does he say? He says, pray for them, peace, and then hang out with them and eat with them. Jesus is cool. I love how he does evangelism, right? He's just going to hang out and eat. He wants us just to be good friends. Can we do that? We can do that, right? That's what Anne is doing. She's just getting to know them, not just as her doc- their doctor, but as their friend. Fellowship with them. Number three, meet needs. Meet needs. Jesus said, heal the sick who are there. Heal the sick who are there. In verse 9, that's one of the needs that they had. People were sick, and so they met that need in a supernatural way, right? We can meet needs in supernatural ways as we pray for them. Lord, please heal them. And he would maybe do an amazing miracle to heal them. We never know unless we pray, unless we try, right? And then you might meet needs in just really practical ways. If somebody needs something, and you have it, you can give it to them. Or you can help them. You can find the help that they need. You can walk with them through that. But you'll never know someone's needs unless you first love on them and fellowship with them, hang out with them, right? Until they know that you care about them. Then they'll share a need. And you see it so many times in your life. Those who you are closest to, those who you are practicing, making disciples with, loving on them, They'll share something really honest with you, right? And that's when you're able to go ahead and meet that need. Amen? Do we see how that works in in line number four? Proclaim the kingdom of God has come. Proclaim the kingdom. Jesus said, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. And that's when we can lead them to the Lord and say, you know what? Why, Max, or Anne, why, why are you like that? I don't understand. What do you, do you guys go to a church? A lot of times, you know, what church do you go to? 
oh, I'll come check it out. They, do you see? They're stepping out of their comfort zone and they're asking, how do I become like that? I want some of what you have. And that's when we can say, you know what? If you would like to, you can meet Jesus right now. You would, would you like to pray a prayer to be able to receive Jesus into your heart? And you know, so many times, we're the ones who are a little bit more scared than they are. Because we don't want to make a fool of ourselves. We don't want to intrude. But you know, you've come that far. You've loved on them. You've prayed for them. You've fellowshiped with them. You've met some of their needs. And they trust you. They love you. And we, enough to say, you know what? Let's go ahead and pray. So may our church be a little bit more bold in doing that individually. But also, guess, check this out. We don't have to do it all on our own. Okay? Maybe the time just isn't right. And we would say, let's bring them to church. And that's what Anne did, invite her friends to church. And guess what? They come to know the Lord through all of us because it's really a team effort. Going local is totally a team effort. And when they come, we say hi to them, love on them, give them a big hug. All right, we pray for them. And hey, you guys coming back next week? Whenever you see new people at the church you don't recognize, church, let's attack them. Okay, you got to get on them. Don't walk by somebody you don't know in the church. If you don't know that person, you stop them because you know what? They might be the person there for the first time. And what if they come? They say, oh, nobody, not even, nobody said hi to me. I didn't meet one person. You know, I don't even know what kind of church is that. Right? I'm just going to, doesn't make a difference or not if I'm here or not here. Just love on them. They might be here for 20 years. That's okay. You never know unless you ask and get to meet them and you met a new friend, right? So that's proclaiming the kingdom of God has come. And we can do that all together as a church. And we see people get transformed, change, meet Jesus here, get baptized. And God is doing a good work in their life. Well, I'm so blown away by all the different things our church does going local. And uh, remember during Easter, that amazing testimony of Scott Gardner and company with Scott and Karen Gardner. Wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that so cool? To see an entire company, they dedicated it to the Lord. And they're saying, Lord, we just want what you want for all of our employees. So they pray for them. Once a month, we do something called the wow service. So I go in there and I preach the word. Jerry just came and he led worship there. And it was like, wow. Okay, People were like crying. Like half of the office is kind of Christian. The other half, not Christian. They don't know. And so maybe it was their first time worshiping and the Spirit of God was like there in the room. And when Jared was just going for it, as he usually does, I could just see some people were like filming. <laughs> like, this is so awesome, I'm going to film it. I was like, wow, see other people crying. And people are coming to know the Lord. Other people who are, um, had a drug abuse problem, instead of just firing her, they showed her grace by saying, we're going to hold your place here. And if you can go ahead and go to drug rehab and get clean, you can have your job back. They paid for her drug rehab. They paid for her um, to rent while she was gone so her family wouldn't leave for those months. And she came back and she's on fire for the Lord. I see her as I'm preaching in the wow service and she's like the one like this, okay? She's getting it. I'm loving it. And... She's giving all the credit to God, but God was working through Scott and Karen Gardner. And they're continuing to do that good work, okay? 
Also, the next step shelter, we're having the next one May 28th. And we have to pray for the next step shelter. Pray for the people who live there. It's a transitional shelter. Pray, Lord, would you want me to go and serve? Is there something else, Lord, as we go that you want me to do to say to somebody, to give them an encouraging word, to pray for somebody there? Maybe I have some extra stuff at home and I want to donate it to the Next Step Shelter, to these families, to these kids. Amen? May the Lord give us creative ideas as we're following Him, going in His name. The Alpha Course, she talked about it, how Danielle came, how her friend Kendra has been a leader here. Three Alpha Courses, and it's a great place. Pray for that as one of our missionary ventures. Pray for the Alpha Course. Pray that the next course in the fall, God would bring people who know nothing about Him or who don't like Him. Okay? Pray about your involvement, possibly, with the Alpha Course. If you have a friend and you think that would be a good thing for them to go to, pray, hey, maybe i got to be bold and start praying for them now. And I would invite them to be a part of it. Lanakila Elementary School. Lanakila Elementary School is in Liliha. And not everybody knows the story, the amazing transformation of the school. Basically, they went from being one of the worst schools in Hawaii with the worst test scores and to being one of the top now as far as test scores goes. And that has happened as we were praying for the school, practicing prayer evangelism, these steps in Luke 10. We prayed peace over the school. We were able to fellowship. I actually became a part-time teacher at the school at one point, teaching character education. We gathered up all the churches in the community to love them and pray for them and meet needs because we can't do it by ourselves, right? Meeting their needs, doing whatever we can, taking lunches to the teachers, starting after-school programs, doing things during the breaks, and just loving on them and God healed teachers supernaturally in amazing ways. People have come to know the Lord. Kids, many, many students have come to know the Lord and their parents too. And there's still churches that are meeting there on Sundays, coming around the school, loving on them. In fact, this past week, it was just a few days ago, I went through two days of training for something, Seven Habits of a Highly Effective Leader. And I'm sure a lot of us have heard about that. But they just received a $90,000 grant to do seven habits and teach seven habits to the entire student body. Is that cool? Over three years. $90,000. And we attribute that to God. That's God blessing the school. Okay, God is meeting their needs. Today we were going to have the principal come up and we're going to pray for a few people at the end of service today. But she wasn't able to make it. Her child got sick. But she was going to share how uh, we organized with the other pastors this school year, something called the Amazing Race, where we tried to build teacher morale, because teachers, oh, we know how hard that job is, okay? So we got all the teachers and the staff of the school, about 70 of them, and we, instead of their uh, teacher development day doing the regular thing, we took them on an amazing race throughout the community. They stopped at different places in the community where they did team-building activities, and it was a lot of fun, and they got back, and they, we fed them an awesome lunch. And then we did some team building things back at the school. And it, by the end of the day, teachers were like crying. <laughs> it was awesome. And so those are the kind of things that we're doing together as a church to serve our community. Going local. Okay. Also, HPU women's basketball team. 
Pastor Mark is a big part of that, and so many of us in our small groups make meals, working so hard to bring them meals at the games. These girls really working hard, you know, on the, in the court, in the classroom, and they have a spiritual presence now. They know they have a church loving them, praying for them. And they come to our Easter ser- or our vision service once a year, and they usually do our child care for all of our like 50, 60 children. It's amazing. So God is just blessing us as much as we're blessing them. McKinley High School. On Tuesdays, I do a discipleship class with the leaders. And then on Wednesdays, we do the McKinley Christian Club. And we have about 20 to 25 kids who come every Wednesday. And it's so cool because we have some disabled students there. And we have some like jocks and everything. Like everybody, all kind of different. And everyone's like gets along so well with them. They're so kind to the disabled kids and just sharing Jesus. And it's like one of the best parts of my week. I just love it so much. And I get to see these kids and, and talk about Jesus with them and they actually lead the whole thing. They do the club themselves. And we're just kind of guiding them. All right? And we'd love for you to pray for them. Pray for the students of McKinley High School. Because when I meet with 20 children, 20 students, I pass 1,000. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to do that. Because I'm like, what, these kids don't want pizza? <laughs> these kids don't want free pizza and games and stuff? And it's like, I just, I so badly want them to come to this club and meet Jesus. So pray for them, okay? And then we have the school, like the football team, the athletic program, and we are kind of like spiritual advisors. Pastor Mark and I, we go to the games and do all that fun stuff, act like we're coaches and we're right next to the field. You know, it's like, yeah, getting our football fix. But what we really hope to do this year is get into the lives of these students. Make Sure, there's a different kind of culture, a leadership culture on the campus. So we're taking some of the students, we're going to work with them more closely throughout the year and hopefully with the basketball team as well. Well, those are just like, just going through it real fast. There's a lot other stuff, okay? I just wanted to highlight some of those things just so we all know on the team what to pray for, how you can get involved. And if the Lord is leading you to get involved, please come and see myself or Pastor Mark and just say, hey, you know what? I want to be involved in that. How can I do it? And believe me, we need your help. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So we're doing this as a team effort, individually in your own lives, at your workplace, with your family. But bring them to church so we could do it as a team. I'm there serving there, Pastor Mark, certain things. You might be serving there. But then we do it together as a team as well, right? Through our resources, through our time, through our prayers. Right now I'm going to ask that the Morikunis come up. Um, we're going to invite them and pray for them. They can come to the stage. And Bob and Kelly Morikuni are a team. Woohoo! And Bob is the... Thank you so much. All right, they don't look too happy that I'm bringing them on stage. No, I was kidding. They do. They look. They're fine. And we're, we're actually... Um, Asking that our church would see these two as being uh, God's instrument to love on them, pray peace and blessings, go ahead and fellowship with the students and staff at McKinley High School and meet their needs and finally proclaim the kingdom of God has come. Wouldn't it be cool if in one year we would have staff and students of the school where they're 
our whole church is ministering. And somehow, Bob is here as the athletic director. Hey, God has given him an amazing position. And Kelly, together as a team, working hand in hand. Hey, let's go ahead and extend an arm of blessing. Let's pray for them. And let's ask God to really bless their ministry at McKinley High School. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Bob. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to just fill him with your spirit, that you would come, Holy Spirit, and fill him, that he would be overflowing with uh, more than any competency, more than any ability to do what he does, which he does really well, Lord. He would have a great love and a passion to love the people in Jesus' name there. That he would say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go today, Lord? How do you want me to love these people in the name of Jesus? That they would come to know you one day. Maybe not come to our church, but come to know you and go to a church. So, Lord, we pray for his relationships there. Lord, we pray that you would continue to give him favor with all the coaches, with all the teachers, with all the students. Lord, with the other athletic directors in Hawaii. God, that you would just continue just to fill him, Lord, anoint him. And we just say, Lord, your favor is upon him. And same with Kelly and their family. We pray for a blessing over their relationship, their marriage, and that you would continue to unite them together as they work as a team to use their work as their worship. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Amen. Hey, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So has this been good? Are we getting motivated? Are you thinking about your workplace as your ministry? Are you becoming a little bit more bold as God would give you certain tools in your tool belt? You have Luke 10 in your Bible. I think it's in your Bible as it is in mine. Highlight that part. Say, okay, I'm going to put some highlights around this. And go through the four steps of prayer evangelism. All right? And you would say, okay, I can do that. I can definitely speak peace. I can pray for somebody. We saw how easy it is, right? I can definitely hang out with somebody. I can eat with them. I can just go ahead and hang out with my friends, my family who don't know you. And I can, when the time comes, meet their needs in Jesus' name. And it's a process. Remember, it's a process. It might not happen, boom, right now. But over time, God would say, you know what? Now's the time. To be a little bit more bold, proclaim the kingdom of God has come near to them. All right, let's go ahead and stand up. I'm going to ask all of us. And as you pray for the Moikunis, I'm going to pray for you. Are we called to go out to the ends of the earth and make disciples? Yes. Are we called to go across the street and make disciples? Yes. It's not so much a command of go. God already says you're going, you're living your life because life is a mission trip. Life is a mission trip. As you are going, wherever you go, go and make disciples. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, that you love us, that you came to us. We didn't have to go to you. We didn't have to be good enough. Lord, we would never be able to do that. But Jesus, you came to us. You extended your arm came down from heaven. More than that, you became one of us. You lived a perfect life and you died on the cross. The most excruciating pain there is. 
most excruciating death there is. All for us. So Jesus, we just say thank you today, Lord. Thank you that you came to us. Help us as we go throughout life that we would go ahead and pass it on to somebody else. Create in us a heart that loves others so much, not based in a performance or what our church does or says to do, but because we can't do anything else. Because we know what you've done for us. So Lord, I pray for every person. And if you would like to go ahead and use your work as your worship and love others in the name of Jesus and see them become disciples of Jesus, just go ahead and raise your hand. Just as a sign to God to say, yeah, Lord, I'm ready. I, I really need your help. I can't do it on my own. And God would see that and say, yep, I'm going to use that person. You can put your hands down. God just sees our hearts too and he just says, he's going to use you this year. He's going to use you as a missionary to your family. He's going to use you as a missionary to your friends. He's going to use you as a missionary to your workplace. You're not going to be worried about what people are thinking of me. You might be scared, that's okay, because Jesus said you're going to be like lambs among wolves. But he's going to encourage you, give you courage, because he lives in you and he's going to use you. His supernatural power is going to work through you. Friends and families and co-workers are going to come closer to Jesus this year. Some are even going to come to know him, get baptized in him, and become disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? We pray all of this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.